Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Listening to the Hollywood Boulevard podcast, hosted by Jonathan Moody and Donnie Sturgis. Greetings, Star Fighters. This is uh, Donnie Sturgis with uh, hosting tonight's episode of the Hollywood Boulevard Prod- podcast. With me, as always, is my co host, um, fellow Star Fighter Jonathan Moody. Hey, what's up? And oh, of course, the way, as real, al- quick, real quick, before we get right into our. Uh, Next host or uh, our, our producer wanted to mention that uh, I guess right 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 before this uh, we I think they recorded your sigh, Donnie. I just want to let you know, like you're a little. Uh, I think it was your sigh. It was either one of your guys, but uh, right before it started, just so you get a glimpse before that happens. Anyway, just okay. wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> All, All right, right. Go ahead. Um, anyway. Um, and with us is our esteemed producer, Alfred Crane. You bet your asteroid. <laughs> and uh, tonight, uh, I'm pretty much a host, or basically running the show, uh, as we talk about one of my favorite movies of all time, my favorite sci-fi movies that's not Star Wars, um, and that is The Last Starfighter. Um, that is a movie that came out, I believe, in 1984. Um it was directed by Nick Castle, who uh, 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 some of you might know, some of you might not know, also played the shape in the original Halloween. Um, this, is, uh, this is a movie that um, didn't, it did a modest amount of money in the box office. I mean, it definitely made more than, it was like a $15 million budget. I think it made like almost uh, like twice that. Um, but it wasn't a huge success. Like it was moderate. Um, it became huge on uh, cable and video, uh, VHS, um, and that's where it really gained traction and became a huge cult classic. Um, and like I said, it's become one of my favorite movies um, of all time, and we'll jump right into that here in a second. Um, and of, of course, I'm sure you guys have both, uh, well, Jonathan, you said you just got the Blu-ray, so you've seen it again for, for the first time in like a while. Um, so, and then, Alfred, I'm sure you've seen it. Yes, I have. I remember seeing it at the Coliseum Mall when it came out in the movie theater. My mom took me. And so it was amazing. Theaters. Yeah, I did. You lucky son of a bitch. I would love to see this movie <laughs> in the theaters. I, I had to wait till it showed up on, like, HBO a million times. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> damn, that's, I'm, 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 I'm in awe of you, sir. That's, that's really fantastic. Um. So, 
So let's talk about the film first. Uh, a, a brief rundown for people who haven't seen. I and you really should go, you should see it. Get the DVD. I don't know how. Just find it. Watch it. It's about a a young uh, man named Alex Rogan who is trying to apply for a good college. Lives in a trailer park. Has a beautiful girlfriend like they always do in those movies, and uh, gets turned down. Finds himself playing a video game in his trailer park that he loves to play, and uh, we beats it. And a crazy con man from the stars, played by uh, was it Robert Preston, comes down in a in a in a futuristic car and tells him that he won the game and that uh, basically it was a recruiting technique to take him to the stars and fight against Zor and the Kodan Armada. So and that's where that's that's the bulk of the movie. And of course, you have a whole sorts of really cool shit that happens in space and on and on Earth at the trailer park. And uh, so. Let's go with our initial thoughts on this one. Um, I'll do, we'll do the round robin thing. Um, Alfred, since you got to see it in theaters, I want I'll, I want to hear you, your take first. What do you think of this film? I really liked it. Um, I liked it so much that I watched it till I was sick of it. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way, but when it was on HBO or on VHS, I watched Amen. it and watched, watched it. And then last night I watched it again, and I was in awe of how good it, it still holds up to today. Even the special effects, of especially the Gunstar, are really cool. Sure. Um, I remember, I, you know, being a kid, you know, your biggest thing is like that would be so awesome to have play a video game and then get selected to go into space and then. And then your girlfriend goes into space with you. I mean, that would be just completely awesome. <laughs> and it was a good mix of comedy, humor. I, I was not bored at all with it. There was no slow parts. Um, I forgot about... Uh, it's like I hadn't seen it in so long. It was like um, going down a familiar river. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember these landmarks. And I remember right, these right. parts when I was watching it, but um, yeah, I I think it still holds up. Um, um, the, all that characters are believable, and I gotta find, it said Will Wheaton played a bit part in it, and I missed that, so I don't know where he was at in the movie, but it said he was like Lewis's friend or something. I believe his scenes got, uh, got ended up on the cutting room floor, if I remember correctly. They, they were shot, ah. but in the end, they didn't make it into the film. Um, I believe okay. Will Wheaton has gone on record about this a couple times, too. Um, unfortunately, I, I don't know if the deleted scenes... I haven't checked the. I haven't checked out the special features on the Blu-ray in a while, but I don't think there are deleted scenes that have it, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Dan O'Hurley, he was amazing. I liked oh, him my so goodness. much in the original movie. He was just perfect. So Yeah, yeah Dan O'Hurley... Because it's no, funny yeah, cause he played RoboCop, I think, or RoboCop Two, I think it was. Yeah, well, he he was in both RoboCops. He just he had a more prominent role in RoboCop Two. In the first one, he was oblivious to what was going on at OCP, and in the second one, they decided to make him an outright villain uh, of the yes. piece. Okay, which was something that Daniel Hurley he was used to doing before then, because he was also in Halloween Three as the villain of that movie. Uh, this is one ah. of the few times he. Ex- this is one of the few times he actually got to play a good guy for a change. Um, yeah, and then on top right. of that, you know, yep. 
Wow. Um, yeah, I now remember. But the, the the unmistakable voice, like he had a very specific voice that you that just, you, when you heard it, you knew who it was. I mean, he just unmistakable. Um, so, um, Jonathan, you just watched it recently. Uh, I think last night. Mm-hmm. So you're it's fresh uh, in your yeah, mind. I so watched it today, today. Okay, so it's even fresher. So <laughs> <laughs> he did um, he, he, very much so. Yeah. Um, no, it's. Uh, but see, the first time I had ever heard of the movie, because I don't even think I remember seeing anything about it in the video store that I used to work in or anything. So I didn't know anything about it until um, it was Clerks, uh, the cartoon, that had an episode right. where uh, where Randall yep. beats a video game. And um, yep. he's, you know, and it's just like Last Starfighter, except uh, he has to go build pyramids in Egypt or something. And, yeah, they make help, him into you know, a slave. That. Yeah. yeah, and so it was it was funny um, because of that. But uh, I was like, "What? What is that movie?" You know, right? So I uh, went on Netflix and I, I rented um, uh, the Last Starfighter, and I thought it was awesome. It was a lot of fun, and um, I enjoyed it. And then I, I rewatched it recently, and I, you know, I'm sure I loved it even more. You know, for some reason, it. it I, I don't know. As, as I think you, as you get older, you appreciate this stuff a little bit more. Um, sure. Actually, it's funny because last night I watched Weekend at Bernie's, which was also <laughs> um, uh, Catherine uh, Mary Stewart. Mary Stewart, uh, yeah. Who, yeah, who's in, um, you know, who's in, uh, uh, was it uh, Last Starfighter as Maggie, but she's right. also in... Um, uh, she's also in like, Night of the Comet, and uh, she's actually going to be at Scares That Care, by the way. So if anybody wants to come out to Scares That Care in August, come see her there. Awesome. She'll be with Kelly Maroney uh, oh, doing a shit. Night of the Comet, uh, yeah, photo, oh, photo shit, thing. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so it's going to be a really good show. But um, hopefully you can make it, Donnie. I know you've been you're not sure you're up in the air yet. About that, but, we'll see. Um, L- lot of lot of stuff going on with Darkstone uh, during the summer, so we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. I know we're filming. We're filming in in June, July, and possibly into August, so we'll see. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I really enjoyed um, rewatching that, and uh, it's just it still holds up. It's it's not a movie that um, that you get lost in the '80s, you know, tropes or anything. In fact, it sure. doesn't even feel like an 80s movie other than the fact that the arcade game looked like uh, freaking Atari or something, you know? Like, that's the only it, thing. And, it, oh, it's funny you should mention that because it was being developed by Atari. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but it does yeah. look like an Atari game. It looks like um, Asteroids and stuff, sure. uh, which I bet is why they even have that line, you bet your Asteroid because it, right. I felt like that was a little bit of a nod to the, um, you know, to the gaming company um, and, sure. and everything like that. So anyway, uh, I just enjoyed it. All right. Um, I guess I'll take my turn. Uh, the only reason why I save myself for last is because I, I have a more of a personal uh, connection to this movie, not in any like major way or anything, but just simply for the fact that, um, Right around the time this movie came out, um, we ended up moving into a trailer park uh, in northwestern PA. Uh, I was probably about 10 years old. It was 1985. I'd already seen the movie a handful of times by that point. Um, 
But as I was growing up, again, it's one of those movies where I didn't get to see it in theaters, didn't know anything about it. But then all of a sudden, like, it kept popping up on, like, Cinemax or HBO, like, on just ad nauseum. And like, like Alfred said, I did the same thing. I watched it until – I watched it to death. Anytime it was on, I had to, I had to watch it. I couldn't – like, it was weird. It had an – like, I love Star Wars more, but I think last, uh, The Last Starfighter has a, ha, had a more of an impact on me. Uh, and for a number of reasons, one, uh, because it's inspirational, um, you know, kid in the middle of nowhere trying to make his dreams come true. They fail, but then he realizes he has new dreams that just like door closes, another one opens. And this one is just fabulous and takes him into the beyond. You know, it's crazy. It's got humor. It's got uh, great characters, great actors. Um, uh, Lance Guest is amazing as Alex Rogan. Um, but for me, uh, especially after we lived in a trailer park, I really started to identify with the character because at the same time, I was I was 10 years old. I was in fifth grade. I was you know, I didn't know what my future was going to be. I, I loved playing video games. I was a huge video game player. Started with the Atari, you know, got the Nintendo and everything. And so for for as far as I was concerned, Alex Rogan was me, you know, when I was when I was 18. Like that was me. I projected myself into him. And so for me, it was just and it captured really what trailer parks were really like back in back in the 80s it wasn't like you know guys wearing uh wife beaters and and missing teeth and with 20 kids and their wife in a muumuu and and everything i mean there was that uh every once in a while in our trailer park we'd get somebody lived that lived in the the bad corner of the trailer park that kind of was like that but I, but for the most part it were just communities of people that weren't doing so well but they helped each other a lot of really good friendships were made out of that I saw that in this movie and I really identified with it. And I really connected with it. And so seeing this kid go into the stars and everything, this is what I wanted to do. And so this is a movie that if I ever feel like I need inspiration, if I ever feel down, if I ever feel like I'm not, I'm not going anywhere or I feel like I need something to uplift me. Uh, it's either Rocky karate kid or this movie. Um, those are the three top three movies that are uplifting to me uh, when it comes to, I needing a kick in the pants to get me moving. Um, Last Starfighter is one of my favorites. I love everything about it. Um, uh, I don't. I don't necessarily agree that the special effects still hold. I mean, they're still they're good. They're good by 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 the by the standards of the day. At the time, I didn't know any different. I mean, you know, they they looked great. I can I can tell that they're that they're definitely computer. Like it definitely looks almost like a, a, a video game cutscene. But the problem is, at this point, I don't give a crap anymore because that's part of its charm. Um, they still work. I mean, it's like, I, it's, there's enough of a, um, you know, man behind the curtain aspect to it that I, I, I can still, I can still allow myself to be fooled by it, even though some of the, you know, some of the edges are showing, you know, and, and everything. So, and of course the score, which we'll get into here in a minute, uh, was also just a riveting and amazing. Um, I just love everything about it. I, I just, it's, it's definitely one of my, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, so, I think I've I think I've exhausted my uh, my take on it. So um, let's um, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, we were talking about the FX. Um, so the effects were something revolutionary first time. There, Jonathan was looking. You were looking up some stuff earlier and looking at uh, seeing one of the first uh, like the first video game movie, which the first video game movie that preceded it was technically Tron. Um, as far as you know, as far as making it front and center. Um, and also the first uh, movie to use CG uh, in a major way was also Tron to beat it by, by like a couple of years. Um, but 
the last Starfighter was the one that really kind of it was it was really a major component because even in Tron the CG was meant to show digital uh, things, and then of course in the last Starfighter it was supposed to re- re- basically they're using the digital effects for real things things that are happening in the real world. So, um, what I guess we kind of already talked about the FX a little bit already, but um, what? Uh, well, I don't really know. Like, I think we kind of already we kind of exhausted the FX stuff when we talked about the movie. <laughs> right. Like that's pretty much um, the movie. A lot of it is just the effects. You oh, know? absolutely. Like that's a big, big part of it, um, which is really cool. I like that. Yeah, and it's it's funny because you know that at the time they didn't have the you know the the computers like we have today. So, you know, something like that, the the effects that they had for those movies, like it, it took a long time for them to render those things and make them work. Um, and I think I think that, I think as far as the effects go, the ships still look really good. They still hold up to me. It's yeah. things like when you get to like the moons and the asteroids, that's when it starts to show. Like you, you start to see, okay, I can tell that that moon doesn't look quite right. Um, it looks a little weird. Um, but for the most part, um, I think the effects are, are very charming and, and for their time, I thought they were really well done. Um, well, anything to add to that? Was, um, there was, there was a scene on the explosion of the, of the ship at the end of the, yes. Uh, toward the end of the uh-huh. movie. I, I thought it, at first it looks kind of like eighties, you know, like it, it looks, mm-hmm. Uh, right. Not as good, but then I, I kind of like rewound it a little bit, and and in four eighties, it was pretty damn good. Um, it still sure. just doesn't look like what it would look like. Like today, it would, it would look uh, a lot better. Um, but um, sure. But by that standard, I think it looks pretty damn good. Yeah, one thing with the effects. I mean, speaking of. Moving away from the ship effects, the costumes and the aliens they had as the pilots, they did really oh, well yeah, with yeah. the special effects and the makeup effects. The makeup. I, mean, I was oh, really impressed. Wait, wait, wait. Good job, Alfred. Way to bring this back into into fervor. I totally I was so focused on the uh the digital effects, I totally forgot about the makeup effects and how great they looked. Um mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. The the Zandozan, uh an amazing creature. Um the uh, the beta unit the the way they do the transformation sequence when he's laying there and his face is is basically collapsing and uncollapsing as he's transforming uh, yeah, that fantastic. was disturbing when I was a kid <laughs> right that scared the crap out of me when I was a kid man and I know it wasn't supposed to be like scary but you didn't know what that thing was like when you first meet Alex or when you first meet, when Alex first meets him in the car you see you only see is are the shadows where where its face is supposed to be they shake hands mm-hmm. there's a shock and you don't know what's going on so and the way they framed that shot the way that the way that shot was edited to to look it makes it look like it's supposed to be a horror scene because what did they mm-hmm. do like Lewis comes comes into the room and says Alex you need to get up and all he's doing is moaning and then he leaves and what's he do he pulls the covers uh, down and almost you just see this ghastly looking creature with these weird noises coming out of it and these lights lighting up in its face and it, it is something out of a horror movie like it is so effective but yet you know you find out later that you know Alex it's just you know he's turning into Alex to help Alex out while Alex goes and fights the Codan Armada but 
But no, you, that was a good point. I, I hadn't even, um, man, I was overlooking the effects, uh, the makeup effects so much, just focusing on the digital, but you're right. Uh, I, I do want to mention that I looked it up, and uh, Dan Mason, who plays Lord Krill in the movie, also was on an episode of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, which also had Cole <laughs> Wheaton so, um, in the first season. So I think that's, that's awesome. I'm sure it had a little bit something to do with uh, him being in the last Starfighter and being in that makeup and doing such a great nice, job. Nice little uh, uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of thing going on there, too, with the with the Will Wheaton sure. connection, even though Will sees yeah. the cut. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I love yeah, that the... guy's and where his, um, his that red plate went over his eye all the time when he's making Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the monocle. The yes, the, uh, the electric monocle. monocle, every time he, you know, it, it, it always punctuated. Whenever he was going to say something important, it would go, and it would punctuate what he was about to say. Like, it was so important. Um, great scene. I also want to give a shout-out to all the different, like, up until that point, you had Star Wars was, like, dominating the science fiction slash sci-fi fantasy uh, market when it came to movies. Everybody was trying desperately to keep up. Everybody was trying to do their own Star Wars on TV and in film. Last Starfighter definitely mm-hmm. was trying to tap into that market. Um, and one of the things that Star Wars really did great was their, uh, their ability to showcase so many different aliens and so many variations due to makeup and, and costuming and stuff. But I will say that I think Last Starfighter did an amazing job. They didn't have as, they didn't have as big of a budget, and they didn't have as, as many aliens featured. But two, two places especially where I think the, 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 the makeup, the, the alien effects budget was really stellar. First of all, you were talking earlier, Dan O'Hurley, he is Grig. The makeup effects on him, because that guy is wearing basically a death mask over his head. Like that, if you look at the prosthetics on his face, he's basically wearing like a complete and total like, like uh, scale helmet that's glued to his face. And yet the man is able to enunciate and he's able to do such an amazing job of articulating and, 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 and act through that, which is impressive to his acting skills as well. The yeah. other mm-hmm. thing are, the other thing is the aliens that were in the briefing scene, like the, the tendril guy that gets angry with the, he's got the spider eyes going on and you got the other yeah. little thing that's talking to him. That whole sequence, you get one brief moment where you get to see all these other starfighters of different alien races it's a brief moment, but it's a, it's a, it's a very effective and a very memorable one. I, to this day, uh, one, of, one of the scenes that always pops into my head is when he steps on the one tendril, and, he, and, the, and the thing goes, I should grind you into space dust. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, it it definitely felt like a kid's movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's definitely it's a kid's movie, but it also it definitely has some adult appeal as well. I think. Yeah, definitely. It's funny what were you saying, Alfred? Okay. Uh, I was gonna say, like I saw the Dark Crystal not too long ago, and they had this line Tanya Tamar that I forgot about, and then mm-hmm. in this one it was Pretarna, Pretarna, and I forgot all oh, about yeah. that. But as soon as I heard it, I remembered it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Kita, Pretana, Pretana, Kita, Kita. Yeah, <laughs> it just made, made me smile when I heard that. I also like your attention to detail, up... too. What's that? Oh, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I like their attention to detail because 
most movies when you're when you're dealing with aliens and stuff, everybody just knows everybody else's language. There's no like we just assume, you know, and and if and if it's a speaking alien which are subtitles, but I love the fact that Last Starfighter is one of the few movies at the time that actually uh took into account that hey, Alex is probably going to need a, a a galactic translator device. So what do they do? They give him one. And that was beautiful. And I feel like that was I feel like that had to have been like uh, they broke the seal on that one because ever since then, like when you go when you do Farscape, when you look at all these other shows, they have you know universal translators now, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that was never that wasn't really uh, heard of before. I think Last Starfighter probably helped uh, jumpstart that whole concept uh, with everything that uh-huh. came afterwards. Well, you know what is funny to me, and and this is. Um... Uh, this is, there's going to be two things I'm going to mention here, but um, one thing is that my dad would this movie would have drove my dad nuts. I'm glad I never saw it with him because uh, <laughs> he hates. I mean, he can do his, you know uh, whatever uh, disbelief or whatever he can go beyond it. But there's a part where they they fly into space, and he's not he's not using any kind of like breathing devices or anything. They're not giving him anything. He's just flying in his, flying into space, and it makes absolutely no sense if you're into space, you're going to die just by not having air or whatever. So that, that, that thing made me go, oh, God, I'm glad my dad's not watching because that's just something he, he sees in all these sci-fi movies that do it. I think, like, Explorers handled, you know, did that and a bunch sure. of other movies, and it just drives just people crazy because it's it's not uh, I mean it's not supposed to be realistic necessarily but maybe a little bit you know um, and the other thing that, and to go back to the flying of it uh, I mentioned it to you guys in the uh, the chat when I was uh, talk uh, when I was launching it was uh, that there was a, the the ship or the ship that he used his car looked kind of like a DeLorean mm-hmm. a little bit and it did. Um, it, and it was both universal, and and was pre sure. Back to the Future, I believe. Um, I believe was when um, was Back yes to the it Future? Yes, it was. Was that was that eighty five? So Back to the Future was eighty five. Yes. So yes, so it did precede it by a year. Then. So I wonder if I remember correctly. <laughs> I, if I remember correctly, I remember reading somewhere um, that the star car from. Uh, uh, from Last Starfighter was indeed inspired by the DeLorean because the DeLorean was a hugely popular car at the time. Um, John DeLorean basically was, you know, still riding high on on all of, on all of his cocaine uh, and still putting out tons of those cars. In fact, I think the car only started to wane right around the time that Back to the Future came out. So the the car was already on its decline when Back to the Future used it for the film. And that's the only thing that kind of helped it maintain a little bit more popularity for a little bit longer was those movies. But I believe um, by the end of 84, beginning of 85 sometime, I think that's when the DeLorean uh, car company was already starting to run into problems with production and, and everything, and, and, the, and the whole thing was starting to fall apart. So I could be wrong on that. I, didn't, I, I wasn't planning on researching DeLorean tonight for tonight's podcast, so I could be wrong. <laughs> but I know, I, I believe it was right around that time. Um, yeah. But it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a good catch because I do believe that the Star Car was based off the DeLorean as well. It was a, it's a very popular car at the time. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I, I want to do real now. Quick, I wanted to break in and say that 
We're about to go off our live feed in three minutes, but join us for our final 15 on the web. Thanks. Yeah. So I want to get into the score because the score is probably another one of my favorite things um, about the uh, about the movie. We don't have to go into it too much because there's really not a lot to talk about. But um, Craig Saffin uh, is the composer for the score, and he wanted to do something that was big like Star Wars, but he wanted to go bigger. And so he, he basically he kind of doubled up on all the instruments that you would use in an orchestra to make this score amazing. And I have to say, I own the score on uh, – I, I own the special edition score that I think La La Land Records put out a few years ago uh, on, on the CD. And it's probably one of my favorite scores of all time. Um, just the – it's thrilling – it's 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 when you listen to it you just you just wanna you feel like oh man I could go out to the stars like it's just a it's a riveting just thrilling uh, score uh, he make the, the the last Starfighter theme is is fantastic to get and and it's so you um it's so um uh what's the word I'm looking for it's uh he uses it in so many different ways like he can take that theme and make it like he he does the march you know where it's like kind of a almost like a military. Thing, but then he could also take the same theme and soften it and make it more like a romantic version of the theme. It's 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 so it's it's amazing how malleable the, the this one theme is, and he manages to use it in so many different ways. Um, and I think that's one of the things that appeals to me about that movie. Um, I don't know if I don't know how close you guys listen to the to the to the score or whatever, but um, feel free to add any other thoughts if you want um, to the music of of. Uh, the last Starfighter, because I think the music is just as important, and I think it fits perfectly with with making the movie as good as it is. Yeah, I agree, Donnie. Um, I love movie scores, and this one was definitely one that that came out and grabbed you, even in the opening credits, and pull you right in. I mean, oh yeah, a good score is something that I can listen and create to. Just I used to just buy movie soundtracks and listen to scores while I was writing D and D modules. Sure writing adventures for role-playing games. But um, the score is definitely awesome. And it's really catching. Had, I just found out today that Craig Safin did also do the score to one of my other 80s favorite movies, Remo Williams. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> which which really is enjoyed. another – that's another good score too. Nice. So all all uh, good composers have a similar beat. But it's just I was like, hey, that sounds good. But something that catches yep. you in and gets you pumped up is good. So sure. I'll pass it over to Mister Mister M. Uh, well, I agree. Like, but I, you know, I, I think it definitely has a very like bigger than Star Wars vibe. You know, trying sure. to um, outdo Star Wars, which is not an easy feat because John Williams' score is just always amazing um sure but um you know he uh craig craig did such a great job i literally thought it was john williams when i was listening to it i mean i oh, even wow. though it was a little bit different i i thought that this was a, the same style and everything so sure. it could have been him and doing a different version and uh nope i looked it in and i was like this is crazy because nick castle uh who's gone on to direct other things later, like he directed uh, what is it, uh, Major Pain. <laughs> One of my yeah. favorite uh, comedies of uh, when I was a kid. I just grew up loving that movie. Um, and then uh, he also directed a few other movies, but he's not really known for necessarily for directing, directing, you know? 
sure. more so right. than playing the shape in, in Halloween. Um, right. Uh, but there was there was really nobody like the the writer was somebody who had not really done a lot of stuff. You know, like all these people weren't huge. And Craig, I I didn't I I wasn't aware of him uh, when I right. watched it. So, um, but now I'm gonna be on the lookout for other things that he's uh, definitely done. Um, there you go. Excellent. I loved it. Um, all right. So we got like, maybe like 13 minutes. Um, so I don't really, I, can't, I don't really want to talk about the video game too much because, well, to be fair, there never really was a video game. Uh, it was in development. Atari was developing it uh, to coincide with the release of the movie. Um, some of the scenes that you see in the movie are from the original game as it was being developed, but it never went anywhere once once Atari uh, saw the movie, they were like, this isn't going to make any money, and they pulled out. There has been wow. – uh, there were a couple of uh, Atari games, like uh, – this, this is like Atari's was going to do an arcade version um, when, uh, for, the, for the movie. Um, but there were a couple of uh, Atari games that were going to be made. Uh, there were two different attempts to make an Atari game for, uh, for The Last Starfighter for the 2600. Both of those ended up being called something completely different and ended up not being uh, the game either. Uh, so I think as of as of at, to this day, there is not really a, an actual legitimate Last Starfighter video game. Although I believe if you dig far enough, I think you can find bits and pieces of prototypes and stuff and attempts uh, that uh, and even some are playable uh, to a degree because uh, they're not finished, um, which is unfortunate because uh, with the with, you know with as much because I mean this movie did a pretty decent. Uh, amount in the block and or in the in the box office. Plus, Alan Dean Foster, who wrote for who who ghost wrote uh, the first Star Wars uh, novelization, uh, and also did Splinter of the Mind's Eye for for uh, for Star Wars, the first follow up book. Uh, also wrote the movie uh, novelization for Last Starfighter, and uh, I believe Marvel Comics also did a three issue comic book miniseries of Last Starfighter. So it they actually did. had. It actually had a decent enough presence that you know, it's a shame that the video game never really took off. Um, especially considering you know, like space shoot 'em ups are, are very popular, especially back in the '80s. They're hugely popular thanks to, you know, games like Space Invaders and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, but I want to. Uh, so and then a quick we'll note about a game. Um, sure. FASA, FASA. They made a bunch of Star Trek board games in the '80s. And they right. released, it was a small box set of the Last Starfighter Combat Simulator. It was a board game, but it was really cool. I may still have it somewhere here, but if you look up FASA Last Starfighter game, it was like Sweet. it had a template for you to be a Gunstar, and then it had like oh, man. one or two things to be the, the other ships. And it was like a counter turn-based game, but I remember picking that up, and um, so... You may want to be on the lookout for that. <laughs> yeah, I can't. It, it's probably it's probably a rare thing. I I can't imagine that that there were that many made. So, and of course, it's out of print. So, yeah, if if anybody wants to get one, uh, I would eBay, but I would be you know be prepared to pay, pay a pretty penny for it. I'm sure. Um, yeah. That's pretty freaking awesome. That's wow. I didn't even know that existed. That is just cool. Of course, you would have it, Alfred. Of course, you would. And I and I, and I say that as, I say that as a compliment too. Like, of course you would have that. That's uh-huh. that's. But um, 
so I, I, um, we've got like maybe like 10 minutes left, less than 10 minutes. So before I, I want to get to the last two talking points tonight before we conclude. Uh, first thing I want, the next thing I want to talk about is basically uh, the legacy of The Last Starfighter. Um, like I said, uh, it was a movie that, that did a modest amount. Like it wasn't a huge success, but it wasn't a failure either. It, 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 it basically did twice. Uh, it made twice the money that it was, that it was budgeted for. Um, but it has a lot of, it has a lot of, it has a huge following. It, 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 it captured the imaginations of kids growing up in trailer parks like me watching cable. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where sequels of, they tried to make sequels of it over time and just never came to fruition. There's been, you know, uh, attempts to do, uh, spinoffs and books and everything. So what do you, what do you think is the, is one of the biggest things, you know, what is the, what is the, 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 the legacy of the last starfighter? What do you think is one of the biggest things to take away from the, from what the star, what last starfighter has given us? Uh, Jonathan. Well, so wait, the legacy of it, like what was it that uh, what made it different and stand out than everything else? Yeah, well, like, like what, what, what do you think? What do you think is the Last Starfighter's legacy? What do you think it, it brought to the table? What do you think it, it's done that has basically helped? Uh, you know, that that makes it stand apart. That makes that has made it that made it such a cult classic. I think it was well. I mean, we I think we tackled a lot of that um, when we talked sure. about it, but I think like uh, the effects. Were, were were great for its time and um as you said like Tron kind of brought the effects to fruition but right. um this this movie kind of uh kept it going you know kept sure. uh, kept, uh you know paved the way uh because if this movie hadn't been made who knows if somebody else would have made another movie just like Tron and this movie right. know, CGI might have just kind of went out the window um, after a while or something, you know, people would be like, oh, nobody's interested in that. Let's not do that. Um, but this sure. movie did, I guess, well enough and has a cult, you know, enough where people really started to kind of do um, CGI throughout um, the years and have, have perfected it to the, to the point where um, you can do it on your own computer at your own house, you know, and stuff, sure. which is amazing. Um, you could make your own last Starfighter movie if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I I don't suggest it if you don't want to get sued, but um, that's um, <laughs> something you could do. So anyway, that's 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 my thing. I think that uh, basically the effects really kind of paved the way for um, a lot of these things, and I think a lot of people don't, um, you know, it, it's not as well known as a movie necessarily. Like, sure. I don't really hear the name The Last Starfighter brought up. Um, and I think uh, it is in, you know, it is in definitely in need of some kind of reboot in some way or another. Absolutely. To get, you know, the attention. Just as Weekend in Bernie's does, too. I'm fighting the <laughs> fight on that one. Nobody agrees with me on Facebook, but I think Weekend at Bernie's deserves, like, David Schwimmer as Jonathan Silverman. Perfect. <laughs> I, would, I would watch that. All right. What about uh, you, Alfred? Turn, what Alfred. do you think? Um, I think, um, well, first of all, I'm kind of tired of reboots and reimagining, but if you made a sequel, that would be amazing. Kind of like they did with Star Wars, you just have a new story, but you could bring back Lance, I'm assuming Lance Guest is still alive. But he's um, still around. But you could bring him back as an admiral, you could have the, the, the goofy guy who escaped in it. 
But I think the legacy of it is good effects, but the effects weren't were a big part of the movie. But they took second stage to the story and the acting. Sure. They did like a lot of movies that come out now. It's like, hey, we've got all these effects that'll be really cool, but we really don't have a good story to go with it. But we're going to make it anyways. This had an engaging story, characters you liked, um, everybody you're like you're getting pulled in. It had like a sad moment, and then later on it becomes happy, and it went through the range of emotions. I mean, it creeped me out when the, the master spy was getting his head microwaved. Oh, God, I mean, yeah. That's another crazy scene. It, it was, and I remember that, and then his big holographic head, and it was just a lot of just neat stuff that that I really hadn't seen up to that point. There is some cheese to it, and some of the effects sure. um, are kind of kooky, but it, it's, there's nothing that... I could say that movie stinks or it doesn't hold up. And I think it still holds up to today. And I think they could make a sequel to it. That would be really cool. I completely agree. I think for the most part, uh, the legacy of last Starfighter is, is a number of things. One, like you said, the, though the effects are, 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 are somewhat dated. They were revolutionary for the time. I mean, if I, if last Starfighter hadn't done what it did, uh, we probably wouldn't have the CV stuff that we have today. It, they, they, they might have gone a different direction. You know, that I said, no, this will never work. Um, uh, but so I think it helped pave the way for, for modern CG creations. I mean, for without Last Starfighter, we might not have ever had Terminator 2 uh, or Jurassic <laughs> Park or anything of that nature. Uh, also, I think, what else, uh, I, like you said, even with the special effects not being great, like by today's standards, um, those special effects would have fallen apart completely if, if, the, if it didn't have the heart and the story and the characters that really carried the most most of the weight of the film. Um, and I think right. that's where the Last Starfighter really uh, really stands ahead. Because even like uh, even Gene Siskel before he died uh, admitted that it's basically just another cash in. Uh, it's a, it's just another uh, Star Wars ripoff. But he says it's the best one uh, at the time, mm-hmm. and I totally agree. Like it 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 knew exactly how to hit the hit you right between the eyes. It, 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 it captured imaginations. Uh, kids like me who live in trailer parks who were looking, you know, looking up to the sky or looking under the horizon, you know, trying to figure out where their future is going to go. That movie was inspirational. It was one of those things where between the music and the, and, and the, uh, and the heart behind the movie was, was a, was a film that you, you could, you wanted to watch every time. It, it, it didn't, it didn't matter where it was at. If that movie popped up on TV, I stopped and watched the rest of it. I could not not watch that movie if it popped up on TV ever for the longest time. Um, so I agree. I think uh, despite the fact that it didn't do, you know, it just did a, a moderate amount of, of, of success in the box office and it became a cult classic. And I think that the reasons why it became a cult classic is because of all those elements involved. Um, you know, you had it, again, with the, with the cast and the makeup and everything, I think it's it definitely – uh, earned its keep, um, to put it bluntly. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I think I think we've exhausted everything that I can. Um, briefly, the whole sequel thing. Um, I know there's been a, several attempts to do sequels as of right now. Um, I think Gizmodo mentioned something that there is a sequel uh, in the works, but it's kind of stalled at the moment. Uh, kind of a reboot sequel. Uh, kind of combination, kind of like what you guys are saying, where they probably do like what last 
what Star Wars has done and kind of bring old and new together and kind of do that. But as of right now, it's not, it's, it's still kind of in uh, the earliest stages. So uh, hopefully uh, we can, we can get some more last starfighter out of it because I definitely think the world needs more last starfighter. Uh, I think it's, it's Mm -hmm. a, it's a very underrated gem of a film. Um, So with that, I I think that pretty much concludes tonight's episode. Uh, I hope you guys had a great time listening. Um, I guess this is where we do the round robin before you can contact us. Um, you can catch me uh, on Facebook, Donnie Sturges. You can catch me um, still using the Baby Skeletor uh, uh, Instagram account for now uh, until I until I get off my ass and do my own. Um, and I've got Donnie Sturges on Twitter. Um, I don't check it very often, but if I get alerts, which I usually do, if you message me on there, I'll answer you. Um, I'm working on another podcast that I uh, that I I've been inspired by Hollywood Boulevard, so I kind of wanted to branch out and kind of do something. Uh, this won't be a live one; it'll be one that I record whenever. But it's called uh, Retro Pop. This is my official my official announcement. Hollywood, uh, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Retro Pop is going to be uh, a podcast that I'm going to do uh, starting sometime this summer. I'll have you know I'll have guests on. You guys are definitely invited. Uh, we're going to talk about retro stuff. We're also going to talk about modern stuff. Anything pop culture, retro, modern, it's all going to go in there. So keep an eye out for that, guys. I've got the logo already done by a friend of mine. Um, and that's it for me. Uh, what about the rest of you guys? Uh, well, uh, it's about to end, like, literally in, like, a few seconds. So uh, just oh, catch man, up next sorry. week when we talk about Quentin Tarantino <laughs> uh, with uh, a yeah. special guest, Lisa Cantorell will be our guests for the final episode of this season. So thank you all for listening. Have a good night, everybody. And thank you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.